everybody, and welcome to the Toy Lions Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Romero, and with me is... Ian Westhoff. How you doing, Ian? I'm doing good, Tom. How you doing? Great. We got a great show for you today. We actually have the creator of the Valiverse universe. His first major line is Action Force, Mr. Bobby Valla. What's up, guys? Hello, Thanks. sir. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, our pleasure. How's things going with uh, Action Force at the moment? Uh, it's going great. I mean, it's super, super busy. I'm, I'm so taken back how like successful the line has become and the company and stuff. So, you know, I like, I, I like being super busy and working on, on all the aspects of it. So it's, uh, it's been a roller coaster, but you know, one of those, like, I want to, I want to keep riding it roller coasters. So I'm digging it with COVID around is it keeping you busy or yeah, I mean, I, or? I've had a great COVID year. Uh, I know a lot of people have COVID year horror stories. But listen, I, I got to I got to work on my brand and you know expand the line, and lots of new things are happening, and it's evolving. And you know the pre-orders are still open, so a lot of people are still ordering. Uh, you know, series one, which is awesome. So I'm still waiting for mine to come in the mail soon. Soon. You know, we're still on track to to ship sometime this spring. So stuff's looking really good, though. Very who do you nice. who do you find to be the main collectors for this? Like guys who are into GI Joe or GI Joe, also like one one twelfth collectors. So I, I try to get you know a lot of the the Legends and Black Series collectors right. as well. You know, but I'd say it's probably seventy five percent GI Joe. Right. You know, twenty percent one twelfth, and then another you know five percent just people that like you know good looking toys. Right. Were you a GI Joe fan growing up? I, I was GI Joe was like it for me. Uh, yeah. It was I collected a lot as a kid, but GI Joe was like my brand. But right. I, I always said I I was yes a kid of the '80s and the '90s, so I think I had I had the best time. Because a lot of people are like, oh, you know, it was the best in the '80s. But I got into GI Joe as a kid when it got into its prime, and then I was still a kid buying buying toys and still playing with toys when Toy Biz stuff was hitting and. Batman animated series stuff and Ninja Turtle and that early '90s stuff was really right. really great. So I got I had all of it, you know. But e even in the '80s, like I collected He-Man, I collected Thundercats, Silverhawks. Like I had it all, but GI Joe was always like the prime one for me to, to go to. Yep. Let's get into some uh, some you know action force stuff. Yeah. Now, how did you end up with this gentleman? Oh, that's a good March. one. Uh, I have no idea how that happened. I can't. I, it still amazes me it did happen because it's like when I stop and think like, holy crap, like Sergeant Slaughter's in the line. Um, it was a, a good friend of mine who he and I both got laid off at Hasbro at the same time. And, you know, he was kind of pushing me towards doing my own thing. And, you know, I would always bounce a lot of feedback off him. And I want to say, like, I don't know if he brought it up or I brought it up. I think. I, I might have said, like, oh, it'd be really cool to get Sarge in the line. And he's like, oh, you should, you know, try to get him. What's the worst he could say? No. And I was like, yeah, I guess. So I was able to get in touch with his agent. And, you know, I, he didn't know what Valiverse was, what Action Force was. So it's like, you know, no one was doing anything with Sarge. His WWE contract was up. So Mattel wasn't doing anything more. Hasbro hasn't done anything with him for years. He was kind of like, yeah, put a deck together, send a pitch, and let us know what you want to do. And I, right away put a deck together you know mocked up the figure told him like the story how i want to bring sarge into action force and i sent it to him and i i heard back like two days later like he's like oh. we love it let's do it and i was oh. like oh really so it was like it was really crazy like i had met sarge at comic-con like i think in like 2014 or 2015 
but then it was like getting like talking to him on the phone it was like it was crazy it was really crazy like i couldn't believe it like i was like a like a starstruck fan and you know and uh even still now like when we did joe fest together this past year his booth was next to mine and you know we went out to dinner and we're having drinks and i'm like wow this is crazy like large <laughs> and then the funny thing was is he just like texted me, uh, you know, a few minutes ago because I got that belt behind me and he asked for pictures of it. So I was like, wow, Sarge, like text me like that's pretty wild. <laughs> that is such a like beautifully designed figure. Thanks, man. A- a- all Thanks. the detail, just like incredible. Thanks. It- it's it's-, it's so awesome. You have an artistic background. Is that how you broke into Hasbro? Yeah. So I originally started out trying to get into the comic industry. I went to school for illustration and drawing comics. That was that was hard to break into, very hard hard business. And then I ended up kind of getting like some freelance toy design work and I was like, "Wow, this is awesome. Like this is a lot of fun." And then I got to go up to the Hasbro offices and see them and I was like, "I want to work here." <laughs> and I ended up like going back to school, getting my toy design degree and then getting, you know, a job with Hasbro after I graduated. What goes into a toy design degree? Oh man, a, a lot. Cause they, you know, they teach you all the aspects of it. Like, you know, like there's more illustration classes, uh, which was, you know, good for me. Cause I had the background in it, but you know, they teach you like how product is made, the materials, like all the, the steps that go into it. So that's kind of the, the gist of it. They teach you like some marketing and things like that. But luckily for me, I, I had done an internship at Hasbro before I went to do my my toy design program. So I had that experience of learning kind of the ropes of toy manufacturing. So when I got there, it was just it was I rolled with it a bit more than than other students. And then right. doing another internship at Hasbro, and then I kind of got the skills to to make it back there. So yeah, it's it's a lot of work, but it's you know it was great. It was awesome. What lines have you worked on? So when I got to Hasbro, I was working on the exclusives team. So I got to work on a lot of brands. So back then, it wasn't the teams, the brands handling exclusives. It was an exclusives team handling all the brands. So I got to work on Transformers, G.I. Joe, Marvel, Star Wars, Nerf. What else? Yeah, pretty much like every boy's action brand. And then after that team kind of went away, I was uh, absorbed into the Marvel team. And then I stayed on the Marvel team for the majority of my time there. And on Marvel, I worked on their kid and collector stuff. You know, a bunch of the movies, Guardians 2, the the last two Avengers movies, a lot of Spider-Man stuff, Amazing Spider-Man 2. And then uh, I did a short uh, run on on G.I. Joe when they were thinking about doing the third movie, Um, Superhero Mashers. Yeah, that's that's probably the the majority of it. Do you have a favorite line that you worked on out of all that? I mean, Legends, like, working on Legends was great. Uh, I, I worked on, cause when I came, I, I was always a three and three quarter inch fan. So right. I got to handle Marvel universe, the, the four inch brand. Unfortunately it was like when the brand was going down, uh, you know, so I got less articulation, less costing. So it was like more watered down figures, but I love that line. And I got to work on a 12 inch line and the, the crop replica line. Uh, so that was really fun. But like, I mean, six inch legends is like it, man, that's like the top of the mountain, but I really enjoyed my time on Spider-Man. And then I really enjoyed my time working on Guardians 2. Like, that was just a fun brand. And I mean, like, uh, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame is, is obviously, it's, it's a big stage. But, yeah. you know, so many things were changing along the way, like with the movie and so much stuff right. was secretive. So you didn't get to have a lot of freedom. Guardians, I had a lot of freedom. That was that was cool. And then, so you got laid off and then you decided you were going to go into business for yourself? 
yeah. Um, you know, when I got laid off, I'm like, shoot, what am I going to do? And I knew I wanted to stay in the, the toy industry. I'm like, well, I can get another job in, at another toy company, which I eventually did. But my friend was like, why don't you do your own thing? And I was like, I don't know. You know, that's a lot of work. Like, you know, it's not just like designing, like you're running a company. It's like, I knew nothing about running a company. But, you know, the more the more I thought about it and I saw like other people had, you know, had done it, you know, uh, there were successful companies out there uh, with people that have left big companies to start their own thing. So I was like, all right, well, I could do it. And if I do it, what, what would I do? And at the time, they weren't doing anything with G.I. Joe. And I knew that there was a gap in the marketplace for six inch military. So I known that Hasbro was going to do something six inch. I just knew I can kind of beat them to like announcing it. And then they would beat me to on shelf. But then, you know, I could see what they were doing. So uh, we played that little dance. But that's that's how I kind of figured out what I was going to do. When I was at Hasbro, uh, when I was on the G.I. Joe brand, I did an iteration of the six inch line. It wasn't classified. I, mine was more pursuit of Cobra, uh, more real, real world military. And then the line got canceled when the third movie got scrapped. So that was a real bummer. And that's when I was kind of like, they should have just done a six inch line, even without a movie. Exactly. And that's why I, another reason why I went for what I went with. Now let's look at some of your figures. Now, besides the Sarge, we yep. have uh, steel brigade. Yep. And yep. Some other guys. Now, these are six inch figures. And it looks like they have what uh, I'm just going off the top of my head, at least 20 points of articulation. Yeah. They have the same amount of articulation as a, you know, legends black series figure. They have butterfly joints. So, you know, it's, it's Very more nice. on the high end of the articulation realm. And I, I especially love the design of the, uni- uh, I'm sorry, the weapons. Like I was looking at uh, some of the pictures of the extra bonus sets that you can mm-hmm. order. And one of the guns looked like it was part Glock and part X2 Taser. I thought that was an awesome uh, amalgam of both of them. So yeah, are, are you a big gun guy? I'm a big gun guy. Um, yeah. So all the all the weapons are real world firearms, which is awesome for me because it's like a lot of the ones I have are in the line. So it's it's kind of like, oh, I have that one. I want to get it. I want to make it for, for figures. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the weapon sets have been the big seller, I think, because people see the sci-fi weapons that come with the classified stuff and they want real world military stuff. And right. luckily, I'm, I'm able to, to give it to them. So like, and, so, sorry. sorry, Tom. You uh, see, uh, um, like a lot of military guys uh, collect the line or, you know. Same absolutely. Reason. Absolutely. And those like I really love hearing from the, the military guys. I have a lot of ex-military guys that do work for me. Like I have a military consultant. Nice. He's an ex special forces guy. He comes on and, you know, he reads their comic scripts and it's like, Oh, you know, they wouldn't say that in this, this scenario and that sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I have a lot of, a lot of customers that are, that are ex and current military, which is awesome. Cause I love that, that I can, you know, do something for those guys and what I'm doing. They're really digging. That's, that's yeah. actually really cool. Bring up the comics. Now, is your artwork personally in there or did you hire somebody to do this? I, I did a few of the alternate covers. I just, I wish I had the time to, to do them, but no, I hired uh, people to do the interiors. I wish I could to do the interiors. It would take me forever, <laughs> but uh, no, I got some great people. I have doing the interiors. Uh, Robert Atkins is a big time uh, cover artist. He did a bunch of the covers and then I was doing the alternate ones, but I think I'm going to take over doing all the covers from now on just cause uh, I kind of like it. And uh, I want some of the some of the limelight. <laughs> now, how cool is this stuff? Now, this is the swarm. Yep. Okay, so the whole story is terrorists are invading uh, the republic. You know, every state, if you will, and then action forces activated. Or 
So what exactly is the, the villain of the story? So in a way, so basically what happens is it's, it takes place eight years from now and it kind of mirrors what's happening in the world today. It's like a lot of division and it causes the whole country to kind of go at each other. And they feel like the only way to, to solve the issues is if there's no more federal government and every state is now a Republic and on their own. So it's, everything is, is splintered. And then it's, you know, they're trying to coexist, you know, each Republic working with each other because there's trade and things like that. But then there's obviously always going to be power hungry people. And mm -hmm. one Republic will start teaming up with another Republic and then they'll bring in another one in. And then they start to become this super Republic and then more get together and start to become this, this giant force called new Colonia. And it's almost like they're trying to make a new United States. So then they start trying to take over everybody. And the swarm came in as almost like a third party security force. Think of like OCP and RoboCop. Okay. So it's, it's a corporate run, a lot of, a lot of dark behind the scenes stuff swarm come in like, Hey, we're here to help. You know, if your your borders need protected, we're here to help. But really like they're bad dudes and they're there just to kind of take over your infrastructure. Cause when you hire the swarm, they, they, the, that corporation gets a stake in your, your Republic. Like you're indebted to them in a way. Oh, okay. So then, then, but then new Colonia has their military, which is the garrison and Carrick is the leader of that military. So they're trying to take over, over people. The swarm are trying to take over people. So, you know, guys like Sarge see it and they're like, this is, this is turmoil. We need to fix this. We need to get, we need to get back to a, a peaceful country and, a, you know, a United States. And he forms the team or, or starts the catalyst that forms the team of these military individuals. They're like, we need to combat this evil. And that's, you know, they came in, but there's so many other factions because the country's so weakened and there's all these other factions trying to reap the benefits of it. So action forces like fighting this uphill battle of taking on all these other factions, trying to like ease everything. So that's, that's kind of the gist of the story. So Sergeant Slaughter actually plays a, a pretty big part in this. Oh yeah. Yeah. So his, uh, his issue, issue four is all about Sergeant Slaughter and his backstory. Cool. So that's a cool one. Cause you know, I knew when I brought Sarge in, I wanted him to be this older retired vet that kind of sees things from his point of view. Like, well, I can't do it really do anything. He's trying to do something about it, even though he's not part of any, any military he's retired, but he's like, I have to do something about this. Right. So that's kind of Sarge's you know, role. Cause he's so torn. He's like, I, I fought for this country and I want this country to be what it was. Right. So um, just like the red, white, and blue running through his veins. Exactly. He has to, he has yeah. to just uh, put the hat back on and get back to it. Yep. Yep. And you get that very much in, in that, in that issue. That's cool. Where are the issues um, available? So the issues are going to be available on the Valiver site. I'm actually going to pick up the shipment of issues one through four on Monday. So they're, cool. they're getting delivered on Monday, which I'm really excited about. So then I just have to, you know, I'm going to bag and board everything. Cause when you order a comic from me, every, everything is bag and board for you. And, uh, those will go up in, uh, in a, in a couple weeks. So by the first week of February, the comics will be up on the online store. So just, uh, you know, for those of you out there that want the comics, just follow all the Valiver social media and I'll be putting updates on when the comics will go up for sale. I wanted to talk about this gentleman right here. Condor. Yeah. Yeah, he's actually from the UK, according yep. to this bio. Yep. Yeah, he was. He was. He's like a throwback to the original Action Force line. Because okay. for those of you that don't know, Action Force was basically GI Joe in the UK. It was oh, okay. a company called Palatoy. They had a military line. Then 
They were absorbed by Hasbro. Hasbro was distributing G.I. Joe's under the Action Force banner because G.I. Joe was too kind of red, white, and blue American. And then after that kind of went away and G.I. Joe became a household name, everything in the U.K. was just G.I. Joe after that. So, uh, you know, to, to pay tribute to, you know, everything that came before the action force of old, I was like, I want it. I, I want a character that, that pays homage to that. So Condor is a British SAS operative and he is in the United States as a liaison at the time. And when that whole disillusion, I call it the divide. When that happens, he's there like, wait a second, this is, this is crazy. Like, and, and he's called back home, but he's like, no, these like I should stay here and help them get through this. Like I came here to help them. I should stay here. So he kind of disobeys orders to stay there and be a part of the team. So he's almost like the the commander or one of the leaders of Action Force. You seem to have put like a a lot of thought into this background. Like how how much background information do you have that probably wouldn't even make it into the comic? Like do you know kind of like everybody's backstory and, yeah. and certain little things yeah. that you may never get told or. Yeah, because everyone, like, you'll see, like, this, the bios that are on the site, those are actually the bios that are on the file cards on the on the packaging for the figures. So I wanted to, to be as in-depth with the backstory as possible, but there's a lot that gets told then in the comics. So, like, okay. you get, like, a small snippet of it here, but then the comics really tell that that more in-depth story. So issue five is about Condor and, and his, his backstory and, and what he's doing. So it was cool to kind of, you know, flush that out. But yeah, I knew from the start, like I wanted these characters to be unique and I wanted them to be, you know, uh, like, you know, I wanted the whole thing to be an IP, something that could evolve. I didn't want it to just be action figures. I wanted to look at it and say, this can be something else. And, you know, there's a a testament to, to the work that I put into creating this, this world, because now we're in the process of, you know, the early stages of getting the the live action movie made for this, nice. yeah, yeah. Wow, congratulations! Thanks, yeah, Thanks. yeah. Uh, that, that's mind blowing to me when I think that. Of it. I could imagine. Now you yeah. also have like you can do some customizing with these figures, correct? You can, yeah, yeah. Like I, you know, I know the customizing community is huge, and there's some people doing some great work out there. And as much as I wanted the characters to be unique and live on their own, I also wanted to give that at that ability to switch parts around so you can obviously the heads can pop off and it's not like black series or legends where they're inconsistent with their ball joints every ball joint is the same size so every male head fits on every male figure and then you can pop the figure at the torso so you can basically change pants and shirts in a way and then you can pop their their boots off their hands come off their the only thing that is hard to get off is their their shoulders because of the butterfly joint if you're a very seasoned customizer, you can do it. I wouldn't recommend it because it it could damage the butterfly joint. But you know, all the vests come off, all the gear is interchangeable, the thigh straps, the holsters, uh, you know, removable magazines. So yeah, there's a lot of customization. Then there's the basic figures like this, which are just like your troop builders. So these are the Republic troopers. So you got a special ops guy in all black, the riot guy in the blue, and the urban trooper in the the gray camo. So I wanted people to be able to get those and then just get the weapons packs and then make their own characters. That's cool. It's kind of like if you ever wanted yourself in G.I. Joe, here's your chance. Yeah. Very cool. 
Yeah, yeah, I especially love the detail on these weapons. I mean, you can actually tell that these are authentic. These aren't sci-fi stuff. Yeah, and the, the, the thing is, like, you're looking here. These are painted prototypes. I, I have samples of, like, the actual tooled weapons. The de wow. The level of detail we got on them is amazing. Like, even blew me away. Is this like a variant of the swarm or this is the actual? So that's the, the swarm gear pack. So the swarm okay. gear pack has that, that flight jet pack, the, the riot shield and a couple rifles. So that's basically just to kind of outfit your, your swarm trooper, you know, with a little more gear. Did you always see action force as, or your action force as a reboot or just like a continuation of the story? I saw it as a reboot. The other thing was kind of kind of going back when when I was developing the line, you know, my buddy and I, we would talk and I wasn't sure what to call it or what to do. And, you know, he was in charge of sort of uh, securing trademarks uh, for, you know, things over at Hasbro. And he kind of like gave me a nudge like, hey, you know, there's a bunch that I I didn't renew during my time there, you know, because we weren't going to do anything with it. And I looked and like, I was a big fan of, of the Action Force line. And I looked and the trademark was abandoned in 2005. So I thought, you know what, that that brand had a lot of history and it shouldn't be dead like this. Like it, it should kind of live on. And I purchased the trademark and now have this rebooted Action Force line. But the crazy thing that's happened recently is I, I've gotten in touch with some of the designers, the original designers from Action Force in the 80s, wow. and they like they love what I'm doing. And the the one head designer, he in an email he wrote to me, he said, I don't I don't think of this as a reboot. He said, This is a continuation of the line in his nice. mind. So like to hear that, I was like, wow, this is amazing. It's a great compliment. Yeah, yeah good stuff. Yeah. Very nice. Um, so, I mean, I still see it as a reboot because you know those guys created uh, their their universe. Uh, you know, mine's mine's something new. So it's great if if people think it's just a continuation. That's awesome. I you know, I guess I could see it as both in a way. Do you have other waves in mind? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so series one has been so successful that I'm able to take the profit from series one and put series two into production right behind it. Nice. So that, so that there won't be that big gap between, you know, series one and series two. So it'll be like when the product ships this coming spring, I fulfill all the orders. Series two is going to go up for pre-order right away. And then th since the, the factory will already be working on series two, they'll ship a lot quicker. So they'll ship before the end of the year. And then I'll be able to start working on series three at the same time. I know you're sick of this question because every interview I've heard you know, it always comes up, but you know, you know, I, I can't cheat our, our listeners. What about vehicles? Yeah. Vehicles is, I get it a lot. Um, you know, because you know, with military lines, you want military vehicles. Um, same thing with, you know, star Wars, Marvel doesn't really, it's not really known for vehicles, but star Wars, it's like, you want those vehicles, but it's a really, it's a really fine line to walk with vehicles at this scale. You know, we saw it with black series where, you can do something gorgeous like a TIE fighter. That thing was a work of art, but it's just so big. You know, not everyone has the room for it. And people want to take that money and put more of it into their figures, not large vehicles. Gotcha. But then it's a matter of what's the right vehicle. So like the, I picked up the snow speeder because that was always my favorite Star Wars vehicle. But that was the perfect size vehicle to do. Right. Not too big. It's, it's perfect to, you know, but then... With vehicles, you get into a much higher price point, you know, like the snow speeder is a hundred bucks. And, you know, like 
to me, it's like, I want to do a vehicle the right way, but I also want to make sure that the consumers are ready for it. Like, I think when the TIE Fighter came out, I don't think people were ready for that, that price point. You know, uh, more stuff is coming out. And I think people are starting to get that at this scale, stuff is going to cost more money. Right. So, you know, by the time I do vehicles, it's a couple of years down the road, but I have ideas on how I want to do the vehicles. That's cool. So uh, I'll make sure that when I do it, it's it's done right. And hopefully it's it's a success. Would, would you ever consider doing something like a build a vehicle, just having like different parts with waves? I kind of have something like that in mind. Okay. Because, you know, if you do a vehicle, you can't, you want to maximize the tooling for it. Right. So if you do a vehicle that's like a snow speeder, it's like, that's it. That's all you, you have is just that snow speeder. But if you could do something that's a little more modular, it makes, you know, vehicles easier to do. Do you mm -hmm. ever see yourself taking this line or other lines in your Velivers to retail? Yeah, that's the goal. So I'm, you know, I'm done with Kickstarter. So series two will be on my site. It's not going to be on, on Kickstarter anymore because we've kind of built that, that groundwork. And I, I work with a lot of wholesalers out there. So I'm working with Big Bad Toy. I'm working with Dorkside. I'm working with Kapow out in the UK, AFI in Australia. So Action Force is being sold worldwide right now, which is wow. really, really great. That's uh, beautiful. You know, there's, it's great to have customers and, and fans all over the world. Like, that's awesome. I like kind of like looking up my orders and then pulling up the map and seeing like where it's all sort of spread out. But I mean, yeah, it's it, it's obviously I think any any toy maker's goal to get into Target and Walmart. Those are the top of the mountain. But, you know, I think that's a little early now. But I think, you know, once the movie comes out and then it's at a bigger scale, then, you know, it'll have to be in, in mass retail at that point. Is there a time frame for the movie? No, it's in the very early stages right now. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we did just kind of land a director and we're going to get the, the script writer on it and you know, it's all it's moving really fast for for movie stuff. Usually, it takes a long time for for production. But you know, the 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 people that have seen the IP and the content are really into the story that I'm telling and the characters, and they want to get this this thing out out quick. So it's happening really fast, but it's it's still in the very early stages. Right. So I I you know, I think realistically, probably twenty three. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Would yeah, it be like theaters or streaming? Do you, oh, you're not really sure. Who, who knows what's, you know, what the yeah. way are. I mean, yeah. movie theaters even be around in another year. Who knows? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously I would love the experience of seeing it in a theater. Sure. But, you know, streaming is great. You know, I get uncomfortable in movie seats unless it's one of those luxury movie theaters. So yeah. I like watching it in the comfort of my own home. But there's nothing like an IMAX theater and seeing something that. Sound and, yeah. Is there ever been an idea for like an animated series? I want to do that. And the, the funny thing is originally I had thought of it as just an animated series. And then my partner, my production partner that I'm working with on the movie side of things, like, you know, when he contacted me, I'm like, yeah, I want to do an animated series. He goes, I want to do live action. And I'm like, okay, like, I'm not going to fight you on that. But I, I think that live action is great because you can tell one part of the story. Sure. Animated is great because you can tell tons of stories. Like right. look at, rebels and clone wars they told all these extra stories in between big movies and that's right, the big right. part about it so that in my mind that's how i would like to do it you know uh one of my favorite animated series is, is gi joe resolute because it was really dark and gritty and more like adult oriented and even like the, the the spawn animated series back in the day like 
I picture Action Force like that. Like I would love to get the animated series on a streaming service and be able to just keep churning out seasons of of, of storylines. This is all under the Valiverse. Are yep. there are there other uh, toy lines we could look forward to? Uh, nothing yet. Uh, I'm kind of keeping my focus on Action Force right now. It keeps me so busy and. I'm in the process of, of, you know, getting office space, you know, to expand the company even more. So that's really exciting. So yeah, I'm going to focus on action force right now. And also it's like, you don't want to spread yourself too thin, too quick, but you also, you have to be mindful of having the company evolve, you know, no company just survives on, on one line. So, you know, uh, it would be cool to see down the road, like what other, other lines I do that are my own created. But also, like, you know, eventually I'd like to get a license for something and then, you know, and, and do another another company's toy line. Like, that would be really fun. So we'll see. That'd be awesome. Well, yeah. Good luck to you, sir. For our listeners, where can they find and order these great figures? Yeah. So uh, the pre-orders for all of Series 1, all 15 items in Series 1 are up for pre-order. And you can go to Valiverse.com. There's a bunch of links on the site. For pre-ordering those items that'll take you to a, a third-party site but those links will take you right there and you can place your order if you're having any trouble uh with your order because it's a, you know it's a platform you're not uh used to the valiverse youtube channel has a step-by-step -step on placing an order you can also order through big bad toy you can order through dorkside if you're in the uk order through kapow if you're out in australia order through afi so there's uh, many ways to order. Uh, it'd be great if you can, you know, order through me. But, you know, I have great partners that I'm working with if you want to order through them as well. And uh, there's uh, later this month, like at the end of this month, I'm going to have a ton of samples coming in from the factory, packaging samples. So it's about to get really, really exciting. Uh, the comics are coming in. I have a big surprise item that's going to go up for sale on the store first, you know, hopefully first, second week of February. So that's really exciting. So the next couple of months, a lot of things are gonna gonna be happening. So that's make, awesome. Make sure you're yeah. following the social media, Valiverse on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube channel. I'm always putting up content, so always letting you know like what's happening. Well, thank you for your time, sir. Of course, um, hey, hey, thanks for having me. And uh, whenever you want to come back to promote something, please let us know. Awesome, I appreciate that, guys. Thanks. Thank you so much. Best of luck with everything. I'm looking forward to the movie. Awesome. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, we're going to jump into the news. You're more than welcome to join us if you want to put your two cents in or, you know, if you got to go. Oh, I'll hang out with you guys. Oh, cool. awesome. Okay, so. Yeah, the UFC pay-per-view doesn't start for another couple hours, so I got time. Very nice. So, time for news. So, the last Ronin, number two, has been pushed back to February 17th. So, hopefully... They'll stick with it because it's a nice cover. I'm going crazy waiting for <laughs> this next one. But on the plus side, in March, we're also getting the director's cut. Todd McFarlane recently came out and announced his Batman Beyond Universe figures. So here's Batwoman Beyond, Blight, whose appearance is taken from the comic, and Shriek, and... I'm kind of joker. And the Joker bot is to build a figure. Here's something interesting. I guess I guess Todd's working with Target to combat um like bots and availability. So check this out. So the Terry McGinnis Batman right here, he's coming out in April. 
Shriek will be in June, Batwoman Beyond in August, and Blight in October. So pretty much by November, then you can get the Build-A-Figure, the Joker bot. Okay. Wow, a year-long Build-A-Figure. That's pretty wild. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you see like uh, shipping problems now with COVID, or is it just streamlined pretty much? I mean, I think everyone's seeing shipping problems. You know, we see it, you know, Hasbro, the classified lines, you know, I, I think everything. For me, being on the East Coast, it's like I'm always in Target and Walmart looking at what's coming out, but shelves are always bare. But then I have friends yeah. that are in like Seattle and like, oh, I'm in Target, everything's here. <laughs> you know, so it's like I had to have my friends send me, you know, Prince Adam because I can't, I can't find them here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think, I think shipping is going to be one of those things that it's, it's going to be, troublesome for a little while um but i think uh that's that's really interesting he's going a year long build a figure because i know i think hasbro tried that like back in the day i think the fing fang foom uh build a figure wave but i want to say like i think the last couple were short shipped so they're really hard pieces to get so i think what happens is if you try to plan for a year you don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of unknowns. Like the retailer can end up taking less or just cut that skew altogether. And then you're like, Oh, well that's part of the builder figure. We got to get that out. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's great that he's going that route to, you know, help with, you know, with all the troubles that are going on. But I, you know, I'd be a little weary. Yeah. His reasoning was he didn't want to shortchange anybody on the cases. Mm. So I am kind of curious about the case count, whether it's just going to be the one figure for that case so I am That's kind what of, it kind of sounded like at first. Yeah, I am kind of curious about that. Coming up for pre-order, Super 7 is the Warpaint Conan and the Demigod Serpent Thusla Doom. Both characters from Conan the Barbarian, the original movie. They are both up for pre-order for $45 from Super7Store.com. Log in to www.toy-lines.com. You can see that figure... Pit Fighter Conan as our toy review for this month. It's an excellent figure. It's I'm sure this is just as great, but here's something I, I'm going to give Super 7 a little nitpick. I am still waiting for this figure to come out based on Conan the Destroyer. I don't know what the delay is, but hopefully Brian can hurry up with that. <laughs> also, here's some monsterific news from Super 7. They put up this little teaser. And I'm guessing it's my pet monster. Yeah. So now here's my question: full size, or do you think it's a reaction? Or a plush? Like plushy? Are you talking full size? Plushy. It does look like a, like yeah. a Muppet almost. Yeah. Do you guys remember my pet monster? Yeah, I had one. It was awesome. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know. And then Super Seven's also releasing. I don't have a picture of it, but starting Monday they'll be teasing new licenses. So far, oh. I can. Gather Thundercats, Power Rangers was up there, Silverhawks, and uh, Godzilla. A lot of E stuff. Not for the new Godzilla, right? Possibly. I think that new trailer for Kong and Godzilla drops tomorrow on Sunday, as we record on Saturday, that is. (laughs) Now here's something for you Jaws fans from NECA. Quint with soft goods. He'll be eight inches fully articulated. It's incredible, like, they got his face perfect for Robert Shaw. It kind of reminds me of Amigo figure, in a way, but it's it looks just like him. Yeah, that that's cool. I mean, I like the soft goods stuff. 
just it i don't know I, maybe it might be just too close up like it do, do you feel his head is too big mm, i was thinking that yeah yes I was gonna, yeah. yeah 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 but yeah i think you were right about the the mego figure so batman has a documentary by phil maki and is up at kickstarter right now so if you're curious about how batman the animated series started please log on to kickstarter and support him now here's something i'm excited about invincible the amazon series based on the robert kirkman image skybound book will premiere on amazon prime on march 26th wow yeah it's based on the comic i mean it it's one of those shows like we discussed before too many big actors which is always a, a concern of mine because eventually you're gonna have these payrolls Versus how much the show is actually bringing in. So I want to see this last from issue one to issue 100. But hopefully, hopefully it'll get there. Um, are they going specific, like word for word for, from the comic? Or are they kind of... No, it's adapted. So it's going to be pretty close to it. Yeah, I mean... Maybe they they're... change things here or there. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Now, with your movie coming up, Bobby, do you see, like... Are you... Do you think you're going to make changes on it? I mean, obviously. As far as what, like, like, like the, from the, the, from the, the content in the in the comics, exactly. So the reason, so give you a little little history on it. When the my partner contacted me, he heard about my IP. He read about it. He was like, I want to do a movie on it. He wanted to option the movie rights from me, and you know, send me a contract and I'll look it over. So I looked it over and it kind of took too much of the creative control away from me. And I didn't want what happened with GI Joe where like Cobra commander is Baroness's brother. Who's dating Duke. Like I didn't want someone to have that freedom to do that with my IP. So right. I turned him down. I said, no, I don't want to do this. I said, I, I don't want someone kind of destroying my, my story, the story that I built. So he loved that. I, that I, I took that, that route. And he was like, well, let's start a production company together. This way I can keep creative control. I'll use his connections and assets and then together we do it so that we're doing the whole like production together. And that, that's why I went uh, that route. So yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some changes, but I'm there to make sure that no, this character, this is his storyline. He has to stick with right. it. And this, you know, can't be you know written that way. So we're having those early conversations now because there's a lot that, of the story that I haven't come up with that we're looking to tell in the movie that we're going to have to come up with. So, you know, okay. it's in tandem. Very nice. So I'm not excited at, for this at all. Willy Wonka prequel in the works. Now, is it a prequel to this or the other version? It's like, this. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, a Gene Wilder. <laughs> to Gene Wilder. Yeah. I mean, uh, he, I don't understand it. I mean, Ronald Dahl made the glass elevator. That should be a movie. We should be, you know, right being hopeful for i mean again it goes back to what i've always said i don't want to see where my characters have been i want to see where they're going yeah it's um i don't know who they can get to play a young gene wilder because he was just so great in this i remember hearing early on like i want to say like six seven months ago that ryan gosling was in talks to be uh, a willy wonka and i was like you know what he'd do a really good job as willy wonka but now they're talking like tom holland and i'm like uh hmm no. Well, Tom Holland's like the the big star of the, the yeah. moment. He looks like a little kid, though. 
He does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so meet Muncher, the Ghostbusters afterlife ghost. I guess he's replacing Slimer, who I'm going to miss. Or, or the Slimer of this version, so to speak. I, from what I've read, it he's like this movie's version of. Right. So I guess they're creating a, a universe where you get the Ghostbusters starting up as of kids. So, you know, as they grow, they got Muncher, if that's his name, to, to go with them. Um I'm a little disappointed that they keep pushing this movie back. Yeah, some um, people are saying November now. Yeah, and I'm kind of thinking, is this going to actually affect it? Because first it was going to be last year, and then it was going to be in a couple of months. Now it's November, and it's like you're sitting on this movie like, oh, we've been waiting forever to see. And I don't know if it would be wiser to just go streaming right now or not. I mean, personally, I just want to see it. I'm, just, I'm like, come on, I, I need to see this movie. But um, the longer you hold back, unless there's a, uh, an issue with the movie, um, which I, I doubt, it's kind of like, why wait? And then it didn't really give a reason to, as far as I know. So I just kind of. Well, you know how it always goes. You know, everybody makes a movie. I mean, they want to see it on the big screen. They don't of course. Really yeah. And it. But I think in the end, that could hurt them by waiting so long. Yeah. You know, like, what, if, what if they... Um, you lose some of your audience because of that. Like, oh, but it's out now. I don't want to see it. You know, like one of those things. I yeah, guess it's, it's a risk. Yeah, look at Black Widow. I feel like they're they're getting out with Black Widow. It's at the point right now. It's like, okay, well, Avengers is kind of done, and now it's like this movie mm. is delayed and delayed. It's like, all right, well, you're not going to do streaming, and it's like by the time it does come out, are people really going to really care? Yeah, interested in seeing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look what happened to Mulan. You know. I think like maybe two people paid the forty dollars. I think that's the other problem. Is like you know you, you join the service and then it's like you're paying the fee. And I get you need the fee because they need to make their money back. Um, so it's like it's it's uh, I, I I get it's tough for them to to make this decision. But it's interesting when you see Disney who charges you a monthly rate, and then if, if you want a new movie, you're paying thirty bucks. But HBO. It's right, your right, monthly right. rate, and that's it. So right. I know when when the Snyder Cut comes out, you're going to see their their subscriptions go up like crazy, and that's where they're going to get the oh, money right. from. So right. I don't like the model Disney is doing. It's like, listen, I'm already paying. Yeah, you know, let give me if you're going to put it out on streaming, make it available. Like, don't yeah. don't make me pay for it. Don't make me pay this extra. If, the, if you get people that are on the fence, they're they're not going to spend the thirty dollars. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, honestly, like when they put it out, I'm a big Disney guy. Um, we pay, you know, we pay every month for it, but I didn't spend the extra money to see it. I was like, I'm, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the extra money for that. So yeah, we, we, we pirated it because, you know, me and my wife, we weren't really like big on wanting to see it. So like my buddy's flex account, like we watched it there and we're like, Oh, thank God we didn't pay for that. <laughs> you know, I thought the same thing when I saw wonder woman, I'm like, good thing. It's uh, well, that's the thing too. It's like, yeah. what if you spend that money? Like, Oh man, I just right? 40, you know, whatever. Could have bought I mean, a toy. I guess it's the same if you were to go to a theater. You know, you see bad movies yeah, in the theater. But yeah. It's an experience. You go there, it's popcorn and stuff like that. It's a, yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's tough because I I want the content. Like I said to my wife, I'm like, it sucks. And it's like when we want to watch a movie, it's like there's really not much out and available. Yeah. And it's like they're holding back a lot. And it's like, I want to see the new James Bond. And it's like, man, like put this content out there. But at the same time, I look at someone like Christopher Nolan, who 
is really big on the theater experience and he just left Warner brothers because of their partnership with HBO max. And so he like, you know, it's like, that's, I see it from his side too, but at the same time, we're in a, we're in a, a time where you can't go to the theater. So put it out on streaming. Don't wait. Theaters will come back hopefully. And then, you know, then you do the theater model, but for now, don't hold it back. Yeah. Yeah, You know, whenever, um, Batman comes out. That's going to be another thing. Yeah. Like, uh, will we be able to see him in the theater? I really want to see that movie. Yeah. Uh, I guess time will tell. I mean, maybe it'll be better, you know, better, but more uh, under control things, hopefully. Because when's that supposed to come out? October? I think right? it can push back at least a year, right? Yeah. Or, 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 yeah. October. Yeah. 2022 or no? No, this year. Oh, this yeah, year. Okay. Right? Yeah. So the Four Horsemen Mythic Legion War of Atherblade the video game crowdfunding is now live. Extras include a male and female orc or elf. So log on to forgehorseman.com and participate. So I guess last week I was right, Tommy, that it was an orc. Yes. I just said I liked I is the orc troll or goblin, but I liked it either way. And uh, he is cool looking. So this from CBR.com, Diamond Select Toys has announced Invader Zim 2 packs. The figures will include Zim, Gur, Dib, and Gaz. Each figure will stand three to four inches tall. The packs will be Zim and Gur, Boy Disguised Zim, Dib, Dog Disguised Girl, and Gaz. And they will each retail for $24.99 and will ship this summer. So pre-orders are now open. Very colorful. Yeah, yeah. They look just like the, the cartoon, really. Now, Superman and Lois... <laughs> I was hopeful when they announced it, but I just don't know anymore now that I've seen the first trailer. Yeah, he kind of looks like Dean Cain slightly. Yeah, a lot of people say that, yeah. Yeah. Superman and Lois will premiere February 23rd on the CW and will have a 90-minute premiere pushing the Flash out and a half-hour special. So it's basically the story about the Kents going back to Smallville and raising their children, two boys. However, you were saying before, Lois doesn't want to be in Metropolis or something like that. Yeah, they both don't. That's the premise. They're leaving Metropolis for. I don't know. It sounds kind of weird. You know what? I'll I'll give it a chance. But you know, not, then again, I'm not a Superman guy, so I mean, my my sister is, um, and she'll watch it. But yeah, I'll give know. it a chance. But I don't know. They just lately they've been striking out with anything Superman. PowerCon is advertising and seems hopeful that the He-Man and She-Ra convention will take place on September 11th and 12th in California. So I'm hoping Val's right, and I would love to get back to some semblance of normal normalcy. I'm thinking Val might should put on the East Coast, maybe, since half of California's shut down, sort of. Well, here's the thing. If he wants guests, he can't move it. Why is that? At most least that's what I'm told. Well, a lot is of it the, because most people are out there? or That and... A lot of people don't want to travel right now, right? You know, so it's it's just more economical just to keep it in California for now. Sure. Because I remember a few years back, he wanted to make it a traveling show. That would be cool. But I think he had a hard time getting uh, securing guests. Gotcha. So I mean, I could be wrong. So for all you Scream fans, Mesco Toys MDS Ghostface doll is now open for pre-orders. 
This 18-inch beauty is based on the character from Scream and will be retailing at $94. So if you log on to mescotoys.com, you can order yours today. It's a lot of money, though, for for a plush. Yeah, but if you're a true fan, you'll pay it. Yes. For $90, you better talk or something. I kind of feel like, like Hello mm-hmm. Sydney or something. I don't know. Well, I'm sure licensing fees is part of that as well. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot that goes into the prices that we as fans don't know about what makes a price. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I recently learned like pain applications are like a penny, a stroke. It's really? not even, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you could back me up on this, uh, uh, Bobby. Yep. I mean, basically, yeah. Every Every deco stroke of the paint, that's one penny. Wow. Yeah. You have to think of it like, if you were to hit a certain area, so if you were to look at like Prince Adam's belt, so like you can hit this tiny area here, one hit, two, three, like think of if you're spraying paint, like what is hitting that area and then how many times you have to cover that. So yeah, De- Deco definitely gets expensive. That's why you lot of, you see a lot of companies, like if you see his hair is a separate part from his head so that they could do the mold color uh, that way. But, you know, there's also now, you know, that that digital uh, face printing that like Black Series and Legends have. And I picked up this, you know, Steve Austin. He's got it um, that that's pricey as well. So, you know, and then there's there's tampo printing, which is when you see like a patch on, on someone like it's almost like a stamper that goes over it like that. All that stuff gets gets really pricey. And then, you know, there's there's royalties involved, you know, when right. you license something like that right. eats into you know, the overall cost as well. Now, so, when you did Sergeant Slaughter, was it just sculpt or did you have that camera that supposedly like takes their, it, you know, it was all, it was all sculpt. I have some really great sculptors okay. and, um, you know, she, she did a great job nailing his likeness and his daughter actually said that that was the most accurate looking Sarge figure that anyone's ever done. So that's wow. pretty cool. That's awesome. Great. That's great. Compliment. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, listen, there's, there's fantastic sculptors out there. The guys at Channel Giant do amazing work for horsemen guys do amazing work. So, you know, yeah, there's a lot of that, that scanning, that face scanning, which helps big time. Um, I know Mattel uses a lot of that, but if you get some really good traditional sculptors, they can nail a license big time. Well, gentlemen, it's time to light the lights on Disney plus the Muppet show. All five seasons will begin streaming starting February 19th on Disney+. Plus. What's interesting about this, originally, the DVDs, you, you couldn't get them. You could, Time Life offered some, um, and it wasn't the entire season. And I remember ordering them on Time Life this years ago. Then they started putting out the seasons, and I think they only got to season three. So now you're finally getting the entire Muppet Show series. Um which is pretty cool. So I, I, we were talking about this before, Tom. I, I still remember as a kid watching that on the couch with my sister, brother, and mother. Just made popcorn, and it was just a great show. Oh yeah, every Friday night. It, it's a part of our childhood, so now we can share it with our kids and so on. Yeah. But I, I think it's great also because it's. Um, I think they're having a seems to have trouble trying to do something with the Muppets the right way. Like, you know, like Muppets Tonight didn't work as well. And, you know, all these other, I thought the movies were okay, but they weren't great. 
So this is kind of great. It's also got Jim Henson and all the original voices. So it's kind of like a nice little thing. Yeah. Now, if only they could work on Muppet Babies. Yeah. Cool. Now, this just in from Boss Fight Studios. I literally got this right before we started. So the Boss Fight hack figures, they have a 1.0 series featuring the Phantom. And now it's been announced that they're coming out with a 1.5 wave of the Phantom. Now, yeah, this, this looks like, I guess, the future Phantom. Or Phantom 2020. I would love to see the uh, purple Phantom with the um, the Wolf Devil. Uh, just it, it, although he's in a jungle per- and he's wearing purple, but it just it's just a striking looking image. Yeah, yeah, these are great figures. But even though they're doing the Phantom, I can't wait for Defenders of the Earth from NECA. I'm still waiting for those. Hopefully, they'll be out soon. And that about wraps it up. So I just want to thank Mr. Bobby Valla from Valiverse. Again, if you guys want some great military action figures and the Sarge, log on to Valiverse.com. Valiverse.com. Thank you. I just want to give a thank you. Shout out to Brian Salvatore for our intro and outro music. Shared Universe Podcast Studio. Our friends over at Spectre Creative. They have a great YouTube channel. If you want a PhD in toys, I I highly suggest you log on to it. Scott is great at teaching people. We are now on YouTube, so please help us out. We need at least 1,000 people to remain on the on YouTube. So hit that bell or, and subscribe. Please join the conversation at toyspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your input. You can listen to us on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Podbeam, SoundCloud, and especially iHeartRadio. We are doing so incredibly well. It's actually beaten our listeners on Apple, which I couldn't even believe. So please subscribe, give us a rating, or do both. Also enjoy our new podcast, Rocketeer Radio, hosted by Ian Westoff. You can also find those episodes on all your favorite podcasting platforms. For the latest toy news, please log on to www.toy-lines.com. And we have our Conan review from Super 7, so give that a look. Follow us on all the social media platforms, at Toy Lines. And on Facebook, you can find us in two ways, at Toy Lines or Toy Shelf Magazine. So I just want to thank again to Mr. Bobby Vellin, the Valiverse. Thank you. Go out. Thank you, guys. Go out. Get Action Force. You're not going to regret it. I can't wait to get mine. Play with your toys. We'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Marvelous Joe. And I'm his twin brother, Johnny DC. And together, we host the Dynamic Duel Podcast, a weekly show where we debate who has the superior characters between Marvel and DC, which we help prove through stat-based simulations of battles between your favorite Marvel and DC characters. We also review the latest Marvel and DC films to hit theaters. We'd love to have you come listen as we have a blast every Tuesday. Check out Dynamic Duel at dynamicduel.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Did you watch the X-Men cartoon as a kid? Did you buy Spider-Man number one the day it came out? Did you collect superhero trading cards and action figures? Then have we got the podcast for you. That's right, it's Wizards, Wizards, the the podcast podcast guide to to comics. comics. The exciting show where Adam, that's me. And Michael, that's me. We'll take you through the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine, one issue at a time. We have so much fun reliving that crazy time of chromium covers and speculative comic book buying. 
Plus, we get to see where this whole hubbub about superhero movies really began. So we invite you to join us every other week on the Retro Network podcast feed. We can't wait to go back in time and uh, flip through those comic books you used to read. So we'll see you then. And until next time, keep your books bagged and boarded. Uh-huh.